Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Mum Talk, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, mum to Amandine, who was born in September 2018. If you are new here on this podcast, I share my journey as a mum from pregnancy to life with a baby, now toddler, sharing all the highs and all the lows. Not only am I joined by incredibly knowledgeable guests, some experts in their field, but also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. As always, you can trust in mum talk to be honest real and informative and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments wherever you may be thank you for listening and enjoy being part of today's conversation Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Mum Talk, Series 7, Episode 9. I had to re-record that three times now. This is the third time because I kept saying Series 7, Episode 8, which is not true. It is Series 9 today, which means we've only got one more episode after this until Series 7 is over. Did I just say Series 9? You you get the gist. You get the gist. It's Tuesday evening. I've had a long day. (laughs) I managed to... Uh, dye my kitchen towels green today. So by that, you can probably tell it's been one of those days. It has been one of those days and I washed them straight again afterwards, really hoping that they would go white, but they haven't. They are still green and I could, you know, I could go to Sainsbury's and buy some of that stuff that gets the colour out, but I went this morning anyway to do a food shop and I don't want to go back. So I'm not going to. They're going to stay green. They're a wonderful, uh, washed-out shade of green. Um, I would not recommend it. (laughs) I don't know how that happened. Well, actually, I do know how that happened. I was clearing out a little tote bag drawer that I seem to have accumulated um, a few totes. And one of them was bright green, and it smelled really musty, and I thought it would be a brilliant idea to put a bright green bag in with a bunch of white kitchen towels. So not my finest moment. I am not proud. Also today, Amandine and I went for her allergy testing. Finally, finally, finally. Obviously, I know COVID-19 happened, so I wasn't expecting for uh, for it to happen quickly. But considering this happened really a long time ago, I'm very pleased that we are we have finally been in to have the allergy skin prick testing. Um, I spoke to the consultant on the phone at the beginning, well it was around, well I know the day it was actually, it was my mum's birthday, it was the 19th of May. Um, I had a consultation, but it was on the phone of course, that's when Amandine should have had the skin prick testing and um, consultation with the consultant. Um, but obviously that was done over the phone because of COVID and then they brought us in just today to actually have the, um, skin pricks. But when I spoke to the consultant, she said, oh, you'll be coming in in a couple of weeks to have your skin pricks. Uh, that was the 19th of May and we went today, 7th of July. So if you're waiting, (laughs) um, and you're using the Ardini, I know they are swamped with allergies. Um, so it's going to take a bit of time. Although when I spoke to the nurse today, she did say that they weren't busy at all, of course, during, um, the height of the pandemic because all of their pediatric patients essentially were shielding. So, they were really, really quiet. Um, and no one was going out and breaking arms and because no one was really doing that kind of thing. We were all inside, weren't we? Kind of. Inside slash 
in the garden, but not going on any adventures. So today I am going to talk you through that because I know lots of you have been asking how um, it went, what happened. So I'll talk you through that. Also, I've been doing a bit of research this week um, into reducing my toxicity toxicity so I will be doing that uh, talking through a little bit of that and what I found out and um, a little bit more and then I'm going to answer all of your questions because and all of the topics and just talk a little bit around that you guys made me do a spreadsheet this week <laughs> you didn't make me but the amount of questions <laughs> and the amount of wonderful wonderful feedback I got when I put those questions some of those questions out to you guys because I don't have the answers it's just brilliant it just goes to show what um, an interactive community we all are and how we're all supporting each other and it's just brilliant I love it love it love it so I have a spreadsheet in front of me right now um, and I am going to talk it's the only way I could do it I'm going to talk through all of your advice share all of your advice there are a couple of questions still that I can't answer and um, I just I don't have um the expertise or the experience and I'm really hoping that I am going to cover this in series eight nine oh my god nine <laughs> series nine <laughs> no series eight series eight oh my god <laughs> oh, these numbers you see you see I promise you this isn't going to be a waffly podcast but my brain my brain. Okay, so let's talk about allergy testing first of all, because that was today. Um, what happened? Hendrik very kindly drove us to the hospital because they in the letter they said it was in area J and um, pediatric outpatients. Could I find where I was meant to be going? No. And when I looked on the um, hospital website and try and eventually found a map of all the areas. I found area J in orthopedics. So I thought, well, that's not pediatrics. Um, but little did I know they're on the next floor up, and apparently I was looking at like the ground floor or zero floor for um, area J. So anyway, at least I got the area right. If you've been ever been to RDME, it's a flipping maze. It is a maze. Even when I went in downstairs to the entrance of what seemed to be area J. Um, no signs anywhere for paediatrics, so I did have to ask quite a few times of where to go, and eventually I went into Area J, and it was a um, hand, uh, an orthopaedics hand clinic or something. I was like, this is not where I'm meant to be. <laughs> so thankfully I didn't just sit down and assume that was where I was meant to be. Had I known that paediatrics, it was very obvious when you get to paediatrics because there's a beautiful beach scene and lots of crabs and seals playing with a ball. Um, it's actually extremely pretty and their play area is lovely. It's all beach houses. It's really cool. Um, and Amandine was just loving it. She was really taken by the giant crab on the side of the wall. So it was pretty nice, but had I known that was what I was looking for then I wouldn't probably have asked so many silly questions. <laughs> anyway, in the letter it said, go into, if you're, if the door to the room you've been um, given, which was room four, is open, go in and sit down. Um, but it wasn't, it was kind of one of those very slightly ajars, and I didn't want to assume, so I just sat like a very law-abiding citizen um sat on one of the chairs outside and then a lady came in and kind of pushed the door open a nurse came in pushed the door open saw there was no one there and walked away and I was like oh 
Oh, so when she next came back out, I said, excuse me, I think you might have been looking for us. I wasn't sure if I could go in or not. It was very slightly ajar. And she said, oh, yes, go on in. I'll be in with you in a minute. So went in. Amandine was lovely. She was actually great. I wore a mask the whole time and we've been doing a little bit of practice with masks. I think I mentioned this a good few episodes ago because of going through the airport when we fly to France. We're going to have to be wearing masks. So Hendrik and I have just been trying to get Amandine used to them and she's not phased by it one little bit. She wasn't phased at all um, at the hospital. However, mine's a really, really, we've got um, medical masks because Hendrik's mum sent over loads before when they were available in France, which was a lot earlier than when they were available over here. So instead of buying a reusable one, I have actually made some reusable ones, but um, we're kind of reusing, we are actually reusing the um, kind of just uh, thin blue ones. Um, You can reuse them. Apparently you just put them in the oven uh, to, I think, yeah, you put them in the oven, essentially. (laughs) <laughs> that's what that's what we'd be doing anyway um so it's it's not a scary deep dark colored mask or black I think she, she probably would find that a little bit more scary um, but she doesn't seem bothered by it, it at all so we went in everyone was wearing a mask it was all very socially socially distanced um and first of all the lady told me what we were going to be the nurse sorry I should stop calling her lady the nurse told me what she was going to be doing and she tested Amandine for cashews brazil nuts pistachios hazelnuts walnuts yeah that was it um and it was all very quick all very quick so sat on the chair next to the nurse and she essentially writes on just their forearm writes on their forearm in letters which one's which Um, and then a plus and a minus at the bottom, which essentially is apparently to check the test work. So she, she put, and then she puts like a little dropler bottle. So essentially almost like an essential oil, but like with a little, yeah, dropler type thing. Um, a little blob of oil or water, essentially she called it water, but it's got whatever it, I guess it's got a bit of cashew nut extract or something in it um and the other nuts as well she puts that onto the skin and then for each one she does she takes a new it looks like like a mini blade type thing that she takes out of a sterile pack and then just she she described it as popping the bubble now essentially they just prick the skin very very lightly Amandine wasn't bothered at all she didn't flinch I mean, she was so quick, the lovely nurse was so quick and talking to Amandine throughout the whole thing. Um, And she did that for all of the nuts and then the plus and the minus at the bottom. Um, She said it was an antihistamine that she put on the plus and she said that's essentially just to check that the test is working. Um, And then she left us alone for 10 minutes uh, whilst (laughs) they cooked, she said, um, and then came back in. And Amandine had a red bump, a raised area, essentially what you would what you would see from a mozzie bite or something. It looked a lot like a fresh mozzie bite that had just been bitten, really. Um, that was all raised and red, where the antihistamine plus was, where the plus was, and then where the C for cashew nuts was, and the P for pistachios, and hazelnuts as well. Cashew nuts was the biggest as was hazelnuts, pistachios, not as big, and the other two, virtually nothing, like a tiny, tiny, tiny little red, redness, but literally nothing, so she didn't count those, essentially, um, but cashews, pistachios, 
and hazelnuts, which makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Because cashew nuts is what started all of this. Um, pistachios, we've never given her pistachios. Actually, I lie, we did. I think Amandine was possibly, uh, well, I don't know, three months old, maybe? And we were having ice cream and Hendrik gave her the teeniest, tiny... No, actually, no. That's so wrong. He didn't. He had coffee ice cream. So that's, yeah, that would make perfect sense. I, for some reason in my head it was pistachio, but it's not. Thinking about it in more detail now, it was coffee ice cream. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we're talking like tip of the tongue thing and she didn't like it anyway. <laughs> um, so hazelnuts makes me think then with the hazelnuts that that rash, I don't know if any of you guys remember, but right at the beginning of lockdown, Amandine had the kind of this huge hivy type rash where any, where any pressure was on her skin, it just almost went like a giant bruise. Um, and that was after I unknowingly found out that Hendrik had given her some Nutella. Um, he was having Nutella on a pancake and he gave her a bite of the pancake. Um, so that would maybe explain that. Could be totally unrelated, of course. Could could have been a viral rash, like the doctor said, but I seem to think it's a bit of a coincidence. Um, and then pistachios, as I've just found out myself, talking through this in detail, she has not had before. <laughs> anyway, so quite a few of you asked, do they give nutrition advice post-results? So normally they would. She said these clinics are running very, very differently right now um, for social distancing. She said normally you'd be here for about two, two and a half hours. You'd have your skin pricks. You would then be seen by a dietitian then be seen by a consultant for your results um, and then potentially stay in a bit longer um, but for us it was literally go in sit down have the skin prick wait 10 minutes she writes down what she finds so sorry she measures the little dots and she writes down um, a number associated to uh, the measurement and then that's it you're done and off you go. She did say, though, very kindly, she said, obviously, the consultant will call you, talk you through the results. Um, but she did say, I wouldn't go home and start giving Amaldine cashew nuts, pistachio nuts and and um, uh, blah, 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 hazelnuts. Um, I would stay clear of those for the time being. She said what the consultant might suggest is that you come in and you have a little and, she, and Amaldine eats a little bit of each of these under controlled environment and see how she goes to find out quite the level of allergy. So that was really interesting. But essentially, in answer to your questions, no, they don't really give nutrition advice. They'll say avoid maybe, um, but that's not what they're there to do. And actually in our letter, it very clearly said the nurse will not be discussing any form of results with you. We want to get you in and out of there as quickly as possible, seeing as few people as possible. I felt really, really safe. Lots of you asked how it felt being in the hospital. I felt really safe. Everyone was very much wearing a mask. I would have, it's not possible to keep two metres distance, even one metre distance, kind of when you're walking around the hospital, I felt. Um, it was quite busy, um, but I didn't, everyone was wearing a mask, like, unless it was a child, I didn't see anyone not wearing a mask, um, and a child under, I think, I think it was under five, they said in the letter, you don't have, they don't have to wear a mask if they're under five, um, so, yeah, I felt perfectly safe. I did, however, come back and have a shower and put my clothes in the wash. And that was mainly because I had done a workout in the morning. I'd been to Sainsbury's. Um, I felt a bit grotty. My hair really needed a wash. And I just thought, well, I'll just wait until I've been to the hospital and then I'll wash anyway. I didn't give Amandine a shower or anything like that. Um, but then to be honest, she didn't 
leave my side and she didn't touch anything and I'm lucky in that Amandine will very happily just sit on my knee and not uh, wriggle around if she's in an unfamiliar place. She's not um, one for exploring unfamiliar places, she's one for sitting and just looking and taking it all in. Um, So that was our allergy experience, it was great, it was really easy, really nice Um, and I wouldn't worry at all if you are um, headed in for one of those soon. Obviously, every hospital is different, but if you're going into RD&E in Exeter, um, it was really nice. And we saw a lovely nurse called Michelle, and she was really, really nice. And she even put on um, the Highway Rat on YouTube for Amandine, because when she wanted to measure the pricks in her arms, uh, Amandine wouldn't give her her arm. I think it was maybe, you know, it was probably itching a bit, and she just didn't maybe want to have the skin pricks again, even though it wasn't a big deal for her at all. Um, so she put the highway rat on and we made a deal. If the highway rat went on, Amandine would pop her arm out so Michelle could see her arm. And that is what she did. So it was really, really sweet. Really, really sweet. Um, okay, let's move on. So research. Yeah. So, so <laughs> God, you guys are probably going to be thinking, Emma, relax come on now, we've told you this before, you need to relax. Firstly, thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your wonderful messages of support, your emails, your DMs. I've never heard from you guys more since after last week's podcast. Um, I'm totally fine. For those of you who are a little bit worried, I'm totally fine. I'm really fine. And I probably sound a little bit more upbeat in this podcast, don't I? Um, Which is a good thing. I think last Tuesday, I was just feeling utterly pretty. Um, but today I'm feeling a bit better, although Hendrik wouldn't say that because I've been in a right grump all day, but don't tell him that because I haven't admitted that. Uh, but I've just been in one of those really sleepy places where I haven't been able to get out of my slump. I spent the entire time Amandine was napping when I should have maybe just chilled a bit and taken my head out of what I was doing. Um, uh, yeah, I should have just relaxed, but instead I spent the whole two and a half hours on my laptop which then made me really sleepy this afternoon and really just disengaged with the world which happens which happens um but yeah thank you so much for reaching out and just connecting with me and supporting me because it's really wonderful and it has been wonderful feeling all of your support and and hearing your experiences and knowing how much you guys are rooting for us um yeah it's lovely so thank you very much I did get my period obviously Uh, I'm not sitting here going to tell you anything different. As you guys know, when I spoke to you on Wednesday, I thought I was about to get it. um, And I did. Of course I did. Interestingly, though, this one was different. Uh, Or it seemed quite different. So I had zero period pain with this one. Absolutely nada. Normally, I get quite... Well, I mean, the first few periods after giving birth... After birthing Amandine... um, which was late last year, were horrifically painful, uh, but now nothing, absolutely nothing. It was the same length normally as the other ones. It wasn't particularly heavy. So I feel like they're really starting to regulate even more. They are coming like clockwork for the last three periods that I've had. They have been absolutely on the day I have expected them. So I feel like all of this is a good sign, right? However, today... This is probably way too much information, but I feel like you guys are quite interested in this kind of stuff, so I'm really sorry. This is where I lose any male that might be listening to the podcast. Any dad is probably going to be like, bleh. So 
If you are a partner um, or a male listening and you don't want to hear about things going on um, down south, then maybe just block your ears for a minute and um, then come back. (laughs) But it's also really good for you to know, I think, because I tell Hendrik these things and he's just like, oh, gross. But then he says to me, "Um, are you stretchy yet? If anyone's trying to conceive, you'll know what that means. (laughs) You'll know what that means. Um, But yeah, so today I really felt like my discharge was kind of really quite egg whitey and watery and silky, um, which makes me feel like could I be ovulating really early in my cycle? So I did Google. I haven't done an ovulation test because obviously I only really finished my period yesterday. Um, I mean, I, I kind of really finished it the day before yesterday. And then yesterday there was kind of that just annoying leftover kind of darker brown discharge that you get as you come to the end of your period. Um, and today has been really a lot more, um, so, well, just really silky and watery and a little bit stretchy. A little bit stretchy, tiny bit stretchy, not kind of really, really stretchy. So it's difficult to know where I'm at. And I haven't taken an ovulation test, so I didn't think I needed to. But I literally, just before I started this podcast, I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I might take an ovulation test this evening, um, slash might try and one might persuade Hendrik to have sex this evening. <laughs> I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> Probably way too much information. <laughs> um, but... I I have done a little bit more research uh, on this because I also it calms me to research this stuff. I know you're probably thinking just relax into it, but it was a bit like giving birth for me. Knowledge was power. Like I, I felt way more relaxed the more knowledge that I had. And I almost feel like this in this situation as well. The more knowledge I have... Um, not the more in control of the... Uh, not more in control of the situation that I feel because that's not right, but I just feel better when I have more knowledge I guess anyway so I've been reading a little bit about times to have sex and I was thinking about when we conceived Amandine and some of you probably think this won't make a little teeniest bit of difference but we had sex at lunchtime (laughs) and a nice middle of the day um and we have been trying to conceive in the evenings or having sex in the evenings. So I'm I've said to Hendrik, I'm like, we're gonna go for lunch times this time around. <laughs> See if it makes any difference. We're gonna go for lunch times. Because apparently you're more likely to ovulate in the evening. Um so if you have sex and then you ovulate the following day in the evening, that's almost like a full 24 hour. I, I don't know, I can't do the mass. It might not be um might not make any difference whatsoever. But I've been just doing a little bit of research, so I'll share that with you guys. Um, And I've been doing research into reducing my toxicity. Now, it was really lovely to have this confirmed. A a wonderful follower sent me a brilliant email. And if you are listening and that was you, thank you so much for your email. It was really brilliant to have what I was kind of researching confirmed and that I should be researching it. Anyway, so I've been thinking about especially what I'm putting on my skin um, and what I'm eating Um, I mean, eating isn't such a big deal really for me because we're pretty healthy in any case. And uh, I mean, I do have the occasional sugar binge, but um, my diet is so much better than it was when I conceived Amandine. I mean, maybe not so much better, but it's better. Um, But mainly skin. So I don't know if any of you follow me on Instagram, but I bought a really wonderful, and it was wonderful, and it is wonderful, new sun cream from Helios, Helio, Helio Care. 
God, I can't remember, even remember that. But it was a 360 oil-free sun cream. But it was a chemical sun cream, which I didn't necessarily realise actually when I was buying it. Um, but yeah, you shouldn't just shouldn't be using those really when you are pregnant or um or the advice is not to use them and it's better to use a mineral sun cream um when you are trying to conceive or pregnant. So I have since been trying to find a new sun cream, which I did, and you guys probably want to know what it is. It is Skin Suticles, I think that's how you say it. Oh, what is it? I'll, I'll, I'll share it when it comes, but it hasn't arrived yet. I think it's Mineral Defense Matte or something, SPF 50. So sun cream is the hardest stuff to find, the hardest stuff to find. Um, so I am, I bought that to replace the sun cream, <laughs> the really awesome sun cream, which I loved. I uh, only used it a couple of times until I realized and um, that was a shame. I might see if my mum or my sister want it, but um, yeah. And what else? I have also found, um, I haven't actually found like a full body sun cream yet because with mineral sun creams, they're, of, they're, they're often really thick, aren't they? Really thick, really hard to rub in, really hard to get off, <laughs> which is good, but hard to get off. Um, and uh, aside from sharing amandine sun cream, which actually one of them's mineral, one of them isn't, um, I uh, I haven't found anything. So when I do find something, I'll let you know. If anyone's got any recommendations for good mineral sun creams that you can kind of use on your entire body, that would be good because in France, I'm really going to need it. So if you have any advice, that'd be lovely. Um, body lotion, again, haven't come across one of those yet. Uh, but face cream, a good one if you're pregnant or trying to conceive, apparently, is this new one called, uh, I think it's by Neutrogena, it's Hydra Boost Gel Cream. Um, that comes up a lot when I am searching for good pregnancy face moisturizers um, or trying to conceive face moisturizers. But essentially all of this is just trying to reduce the toxicity and obviously your skin covers your entire body um, and you can absorb a lot on your skin. So with chemical sun creams, what I learned, which we I, I knew already actually, but it, it gets absorbed into your skin and then um, I think it either absorbs or deflects the UV rays from from the absorption or absorption, oh my goodness, absorption. Mineral, however, sits on your skin, um, so it doesn't necessarily get uh, get absorbed. Um, obviously, you should be staying away from. I have an entire list actually. Let me bring it up just in case anyone is actually interesting interested. Um, you should be staying away from salicylic salicylic. You know the one I mean. Um, it's in loads and loads of skincare products. Um, sala, I really can't say this, salicylic acid. Um, although there is quite a lot of information out there saying that anything under 2% is fine to use, but I've just taken it out and it was in my leave-on exfoliator. I have this amazing leave-on exfoliating liquid from Paula's Choice, which I absolutely adore, but it's 2% salicylic acid, which is a BHA. Oh my God, I know way too much about this. Um, and a lot of people recommend not using it. So or not using any. Um, my cleanser, however, does have it in, but I figured it's not at that level, and also I wash it off, so it won't be absorbed a huge amount. Willow bark, apparently, should be staying away from. Oh my god, there's so many. The obvious ones, though, are anything with vitamin A in, um, blah, 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 parabens, ideally, 
any petroleum type things, fragrances, um, prescription medications like retinin A and that kind of stuff. And then oxybenzone, avobenzone and octinoxate. Um, There's a really brilliant um, blog actually. What's it called? Is it called 15, 15 minute? Yeah, 15minutebeauty.com. If you go on there, it is American, so you do have to kind of just go through the American stuff and try and see the British stuff. Uh, but there's a she has a big list of pregnancy-safe skin hair products, and then she also has a big list of um, sun creams and things. So it is a really good thing to look at if you are doing that kind of research or just trying to reduce your toxicity and what you're taking on board. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of been where, where the rabbit hole I've gone down this week. Um, if anyone's interested in more of that, then let me know. But, um, yeah, that's what I've been doing, but it's a minefield. It is an absolute minefield. Okay. What else has been going on for us this week? andine has been a dream, which has been lovely. She's been sleeping a lot better, which has been brilliant. I've gone into, back into the same room as Hendrik, which is really nice, um, because she's been sleeping better. So she hasn't been waking in the night with bad dreams. So it was a phase. It was definitely just a little phase that she was going through. Not too sure what it seemed to start when we had that little mini heat wave. Um, and then it got cold again, didn't it? So, well, not cold, but not as hot at night. Um, so I think she is uh, just more settled. I don't know. Um, what else has been happening? Uh, that's it, really. No more ticks this week. Nothing that exciting. <laughs> Nothing that exciting. Um, went to see the animals. Okay, so I'm going to start answering your questions because one of you guys asked me our outdoor adventures in Devon and what we do when you've got a 10 month old. Um, I actually find adventures with, with kind of Amandine right now are next level compared to what they were because the adventures before when they, when Amandine was around 10 months was really just hiking or yeah, going to see the animals. But I do truly believe, okay. I do truly believe that adventures can be the smallest things. Hendrik doesn't agree, but I do. Um, that's what I think. You can literally make an adventure out of walking out of your front door and I don't know, going to a tree or going to see horses or uh, going to pick flowers or going to a local shop or something. I really do believe you can make an adventure out of anything. Um, but my favourite ones are... Um, my favourite one overall, which wasn't in Devon, obviously, but it was the best adventure. And it really was an adventure. It was so cool. It was hiking in the Swiss Alps when Amandine was just over six months. We took my mum. I've mentioned this before, but it was so much fun. And, um, yeah, exhausting, but brilliant. The weather was rubbish. <laughs> there we were thinking we'd go in May and be clear crystal blue skies and Swiss lakes would be calling us. New. No, it was raining the whole time and I was really ill. <laughs> I picked up, but I possibly flew, um, but I was really, really ill. Okay. Uh, so in Devon, Halden, really like Halden Forest. Um, I do go there early, so it's not busy. Uh, Amandine loves it, and we look for the Gruffalo, and that's a fun adventure. And on one of the treks through um, Halden Forest, there are percussion instruments, which is really cool. And they've just added a new one, actually. Uh, so that's fun. And also, last time I went with my mum, there was a Gruffalo, a Gruffalo uh, path 
thing, searching for the Gruffalo. We actually stumbled across it towards the end. I don't know where it begins, but we started at the end, or we found it at the end, and there was a massive Gruffalo, and Amadine was so stoked. And also there was a, there's a giant stick man. If you go towards, if you're in Devon and you go towards the Go Ape bit, and just look around the Go Ape bit, um, you will see a giant stick man. It's very, very cool. Um, country walk, so any form of walk, <laughs> any form of walk, any form of hike is my favourite. We go and see the animals at Greendale's farm, uh, which is a farm shop as well. Go to the beach, of course. Um, cliff hike, so southwest coast path, anything like that. So in East Devon, lots of lovely spots to park and um, just grab an ordnance survey map and circle them all that's what we do or what I do um and then where my mum is near or in Salcombe we hike out onto the coastal path from there because she lives right on the edge of it so that's really fun um thing to do best hiking essentials I would say you guys know that I love the Osprey backpack, so the Osprey Poco or the Osprey Poco Plus, I think they've now called it. Before it was the Osprey Poco AG Plus, but I love it. Amandine loves it. It's just the best um, backpack, I think. Um, snacks, loads of snacks and water. That's pretty much what you need. Yeah, pretty much what you need. Okay. What else have we got here? Questions. Um, oh yeah, this was a good one. Navigating challenging grandparents and family members. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, this is a good one. I think um, I don't. I haven't really had to experience it. Um, my mum is so lax with Amandine. Um, she doesn't really share any views or parenting views whatsoever. Sometimes her parenting is a little bit different to mine. So when I'm over there and mum's kind of, you know what I was saying actually about how I've brought up, I think I was talking to my cousin Ali in that podcast, but how I was brought up to, you know, be a good girl, be good for everybody. I want to be a good girl. I wanted to be viewed as a good girl, as, you know, nice to everybody don't have too many opinions, certainly don't have opinions that stand out. Um, and, um, I think that definitely, I can see that in my mum's parenting when she is kind of doing things or grandparenting, I should say, but when she's doing things with Amandine, it's very much like today on the phone, there's nothing wrong with it, but today on the phone, she asked Amandine if she'd been a good girl today um, and what had we been up to and similar you know it's all kind of be a good girl um, be a good girl for mummy yada yada of course everyone wants Amandine to be a good girl for mummy especially me I want to be a good girl for mummy um, but there are things that I've noticed nothing that I've had to address whatsoever um, what else um because you know things have changed haven't they things have changed since our parents were parents <laughs> and to us and you know parenting styles have changed and I think we're a little bit more comfortable with letting the ba baby lead us and our children lead us for you know quite a bit longer than what what our parents did I think I remember my mum telling me something like I should get my mum on the podcast actually but I think I remember her telling me that you know, not to, 
Uh, you don't want to coddle her too much. Um, you want her to learn independence. And that was only when she was, you know, like a month old, which is totally not what I did <laughs> um, and not what I would recommend doing. But I, I think things have changed, haven't they? Um, and I'm not saying their methods were wrong whatsoever, but it might be that we disagree a lot more with our parents now um, in how we bring up our children. And I'm sure they did with their parents as well. Um, so you guys have said, and I totally agree with all of this advice, focus on setting boundaries. So definitely, if you know that your grandparents or family members are going to be tricky, then set the boundaries. Just go in there with, you know, what your style of parenting is and, and what boundaries you want to create. Think about what their strengths are with the baby and engage around those things. I thought that was a really great advice. Um, so I don't need to elaborate on that. Pick your battles and usually pick your battles. And what usually works best is parents take on each other's families. So I don't know if I've read that right, because then there was a lot of advice saying, if they're in-laws, always get your other half to deal with them. And um, yeah, so deal with your own parents, essentially. <laughs> Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I didn't read that right about, or maybe I did read that right about taking on each other's families. Um, but I don't think I would, I don't think I would say anything to Hendrick's mum. Um, if I didn't feel like, or maybe I would actually, but I would really be worried about offending her. So I would probably say to Hendrick, can you just ask your mum to lay off this a little bit? That'd be really good. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think my, Mine aren't battles as such, especially with how I feel with my in-laws. It's more my fears because we're always going to France to see them. It's more my massive fear about Amandine being kidnapped, essentially. That overrules all of my decisions um, on where Amandine's going and with who. Uh, like in the summer when it's super busy, I very much doubt I'm going to let Hendrix's mum take Amandine to the market because one all it takes is a second, doesn't it? I don't mind if they go together and I'm kind of in the background and I'll just keep half an eye, but it just takes a millisecond. And it's my fear that influences um, the decisions, I guess, which uh, we'll have to see, I suppose, when we go to France, how that, um, how that goes. Um, but yeah, set boundaries set boundaries sleep training good and bad experiences so okay I'm going to share all of this advice we didn't do sleep training as such um we didn't need to but we did do a little bit of just waiting 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 until and and waiting for a proper cry um I didn't hear we didn't hear proper cries from Amandine really um, and when we did, we would go up. But I do truly believe in giving your little one space to figure it out. Like, they need to figure it out. Um, and sometimes that's what, I think that's what the crying is. I mean, I'm not at all an expert on any of this, obviously. Um, but let's share your responses. So, really, really great experience shared here. Sleeping in her own bedroom and sleeping through the night in three days and no tears. It was also massively lengthened her nap. So I now sleep. <laughs> it's a really great experience. Um, obviously she would recommend it. 
Um, controlled comforting works well. So um, this mum goes in at five minutes, then seven minutes, then nine minutes, and then goes back to five minutes, seven minutes, then nine minutes. I guess that's a little bit of what we did, essentially. We waited. I can't remember the times now, um, but we waited for maybe, say, three minutes to start with, and then went up and then came back down again lengthened it a little bit but it really didn't I mean I think we did it once maybe twice um co-sleeping and following baby's needs yeah totally for following baby's needs someone's mentioned the huckleberry app blackout blackout blinds and white noise now I've never heard of the huckleberry app before I am not sure what it is um but go check it out White noise, you guys know I love a bit of white noise and Hendrik loves a bit of white noise. I mean, I don't actually like white noise, but I know a lot about white noise um, and blackout, obviously. Amandine has always been in a blackout room um, since she slept in her room, own room. It's completely blacked out and she's always had white noise of some form, always, always, and it works a treat. So I would highly recommend it if you're not implementing it already. I would highly recommend it. Taking care of babies every single time. I'm so pleased one of you has recommended it back to me because um, that's what I say every single time. Go to taking care of babies. Go to her blog. She is a absolute queen of all things sleep. Um, so highly recommend going and looking at her stuff. Um Routine, 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 stick with it as much as you can. I'm a big lover of routine, but I do think it it depends on your baby um, and also your lifestyle, of course. But Amandine was a routine baby. She loved routine. She still loves routine. She thrives on it. In fact, this week, actually, yeah, that's what happened this week. Um, I We stayed out a little bit longer um, in the morning and I didn't, I gave her lunch out, but I just actually don't think she ate enough. And then when we got back, my intention was to put her straight to bed and it was only maybe half past one, quarter to two when I got back. Amaldine normally goes to bed around any time between quarter to one and half past one really. Um in that 45 minute window but it was an hour window <laughs> it kind of yeah I'd left it an hour um later and she had a total meltdown but I think she was hungry because she wasn't settling I went downstairs gave her some cheese took her back upstairs and she went straight to sleep um but Amandine loves her routine she loves it and still loves it any break from it and she's not hugely happy um so I am totally one for routine a book recommendation here, Sleep Solution Book by Lucy Wolf. Um, and it got our little one sleeping through and napping well. So have a look at that one. Uh, don't go in unless it's a proper cry. I agree with that as well. Let your little one just take their time. Sleep trained at six months and it saved us. We we had co-slept four to the six month regression. I know a lot of people who did that actually and then struggled um, after they'd finished co-sleeping that regression. So that's interesting that you managed to sleep train after that. That's really good. Uh, yes, we went from waking every hour, 30 minutes for a breastfeed and then co-sleeping at 20 months. So yeah, it, you guys, I haven't had one negative experience, uh, one negative comment about it. Um, so I would give it a try. Yeah, maybe give it a try. 
Little one fighting lunchtime naps. Okay, there's a few... Again, I would highly recommend going to Taking Care of Babies, but I did have a quick look this evening, actually, and there wasn't a huge amount of information about fighting naps on Taking Care of Babies. So, lovely, lovely mum has written in and said, push through. Lots of parents just drop the nap, but I've found that if you keep going... Both of mine fought theirs for a month or so. You can get up to another year of naps out of them. That's really interesting. My eldest in particular, everyone told me, was ready to drop naps at 22 months and he napped until after he started nursery at three. No way. I also didn't find it affects their night's sleep at all and if anything, they slept better and longer if they'd had a nap. I believe in that. Yes. I'm sure others have different experiences in my um, opinions, but that's the case for my children and my cousins. I think I I really, um, that's really interesting because you're not the first person to have said that, that yes, they're fighting it, fighting it, fighting it. But if you push through the other side, they actually do still need to keep that nap. Um, interesting. Nap transitions are hard. We found having quiet time instead, be that books or screen time. Um, yeah, I have a friend whose little one just sits in the cot for a couple of hours just playing with his books, but it's still kind of chilled, quiet time. Um, And then maybe he'll go back to napping, maybe he won't, but I think that's a really great idea. Um, Just to allow them to have a bit of a break from so much stimulation in the day, right? Because there's a lot going on every day. Drop it or make bedtime a little bit later, someone suggested. Yeah, maybe. Um, so, so common, keep being consistent after about two weeks, they get back on track. So quite a few of you saying push on through. How did I feel? I'll let you know if Amandine goes through that, but right now she is napping and she loves her naps. (laughs) And also I love her naps and I will definitely be trying to push through because I need to keep those. How did I feel about Amandine walking at 18 months, a little on the late side? Yep, it was very much so on the late side. Um, but she's gone from like zero to a hundred. Um, and her walking is so much more confident now. Yeah, I was really worried. I was really, I was starting to not, not worry because I do truly believe that they will get there in their own time. Um, but I, but I was, um, happy in a way that it was kind of following on the same as crawling. She was a really late crawler. So again, she was a late walker. I think they kind of go side side and side but yeah it was it was a struggle actually what was the hardest thing was when my friend's children were walking and plodding along and Amandine wasn't because that was really tricky when it came to play and going to the playground and um doing those kind of things because we we weren't really on the same page when it came to play dates you know I was still happy with Amandine to sit and have a coffee and Amandine uh, and Amandine would just sit there in her high chair and other friends kids would really want to get down and run around and use their legs and explore which is totally understandable so that was one of the trickiest things actually about Amandine walking so much later but it lasts for such little time um I had her feet checked remember and that was just before lockdown so we haven't had them rechecked but I do think everything is coming into you know everything is where it should be and and it's not worrying me at all now she's not in any pain I think a lot of you know, when they're just getting on their feet, they're going to be feeling different sensations as well, aren't they? So maybe Amandine saying pee and holding her foot the whole time wasn't actually pain, it was just exploring maybe. Um, but I really wouldn't worry, just um, try and believe that your baby will uh, do it, Do will walk and go through every phase when they're ready. Choosing Amandine's name. Yeah, so 
we really struggled um, until someone said, and I think it was the mid our midwife, my one my one of my midwives. God, I'm really stumbling with my words. I'm really sorry. Um, Amandine's name. So we put the midwife suggested to write down every single name that we liked and put them on the kitchen table and leave them laid out. So every day you're looking at the names and then order them at the end of each day into what you like, what's on your kind of top list and what's not. And they changed so much. I would say we were doing that for maybe six months, actually, maybe earlier than that, maybe earlier than that. Um, but Amandine wasn't on our list until maybe a week, two weeks before Amandine was born. So that was really interesting. That was a last minute choice. Uh, her middle names, Constance and Romilly, were on their list forever. Um, and we were going with Constance for a really long time. Um, and it was just going to be Constance Romilly. And there was another one, actually. I don't remember what it was, though. Um, Mathilde. Mathilde? So you say, you say it the French way, essentially. That was also... So we had them all written down. And then when we went to the hospital, we weren't sure. Um, but Hendrik bought the bits of paper with him. And then when Amandine was born, we actually held up the bit of paper with the name, took a photo, and then had a look at the photo. And we decided kind of what she looked like. That was our process. And that's what happened. Um, and it was Amandine. And then there she was. But I highly recommend writing them down. Write, write them down, leave them down, and keep ordering them. And... Um, you know, you and your partner um, may decide or you may decide that you like one more one day. And if you keep saying them, seeing them written down, saying them over and over in your head. The only thing that annoys me with Amandine, of course, is that it's quite difficult to pronounce because it's spelt A-M-A-N-D-I-N-E. So we find in the UK, especially a lot of people say Amandine. Am, uh, yeah, Amandine. So literally saying it as it's spelt, but it's not. You've got to imagine that the second A is an O. That's the closest you'll get to the French saying. Um, it's Amandine. I mean, even I don't say it that well. <laughs> but um, if you're trying to be all French about it, you want to kind of round out the A with an O sound. So it's um, Amandine. Yeah, there you go. That's the thing that annoys us most. And actually, my mum, my mum is not very good at saying Amandine's name, so she can't, she says Amandine, but a lot of uh, Amandine, but a lot of people say Amandine. <laughs> well, yeah, it's fine, it's fine. I'm sure she'll correct people <laughs> when she's um, old enough. Okay, potty training two and a half year old boys. A book recommendation here, um, Sarah Rockwell Smith's book on gentle potty training, book about poo and lots of pezza pants. So that's two, be two book recommendations there um, and lots of pezza pants. Infertility topics, secondary infertility. I'm so sorry you're going through that right now. I really, really am. My heart goes out to you. I, I can't, Im well, I can imagine what you're going through a little bit, but not, um, not to your extent. So I'm really sorry you're going through that. But yes, it is my intention entirely to talk about this more on, um, I think the next series now, because it's not a talked about topic. As you quite rightly said, no one is just chatting about it. No one is just discussing it. I didn't even know it existed until I went down the rabbit hole of Google trying to figure out why I wasn't conceiving. Um, and it's scary. It's, it's a really scary thought. So yes, I will be covering that. Um, but I'm just really sorry. I'm not able to share a huge amount on it today. Um, but let's 
keep talking about it and I will put a question box out actually and see if there is anyone out there that even if you know I can't talk about it in the end of this series um I maybe might be able to link you up with someone who is in the same situation um and you can chat about it together deciding where to settle and have your family is the next question it was very much driven by Hendrick's job so um as you guys know we used to live in Luton because Hendrick flew out of Luton airport um and then we quickly decided we wanted to move well my mum is from being down here and me living down here <laughs> we knew we wanted to be down here Hendrick took a little bit of persuasion to come down to Exeter only because he didn't really uh I think maybe he thought Exeter was too small I don't know but um it didn't take long <laughs> and uh he applied but it took us four years to get down here of waiting I think it was maybe three three to four years of waiting um in his job it's all done by seniority to get down to Exeter and um yeah that's just that that's that <laughs> yeah it was his job um there are obviously so many airports in the UK and we wanted to be down here it was the furthest um airport that TUI have down in the southwest um so we wanted to settle here and then it was just a case of finding somewhere where we wanted to live that was close to the airport so we are um not a million miles from it where we are um so it's nice and quick for Hendrick to get to work so it was very simple um PTSD after labor and aftercare and support yeah so have a listen to series three episode six if you haven't already of the podcast I did I had a chat with Dr Rebecca Moore she um is one of the founders of Make Birth Better and especially on their Instagram account they do a lot of lives and they talk about a lot um PTSD birth trauma um aftercare and support and where you can find support and that is detailed in my series three episode six um chat with dr rebecca moore i'm so sorry you are going through that um but yeah have a listen and you might find it um supportive 15 months and won't use a toothbrush <laughs> so this is another series um recommendation yeah I mean Amandine I'm laughing because every evening it's the battle of the toothbrush sometimes if you just kind of whizzer straight into the bathroom get her a toothbrush loaded up with toothpaste and kind of just get it in her mouth essentially there's less fuss but uh that's very very occasionally have a listen to series five episode three where i talk to dr Gemma hook also known as the mummy dentist her instagram account the mummy dentist is brilliant have a little google you can always reach out to her she's she's so great at answering questions um about children's teeth um there might be other ways of doing it have you seen the little um things that you put on your finger and it's like there's a little toothbrush you could use your finger if they'll take your finger in their mouth that's also quite good practice for dentists because when you go to the dentist with them because dentists will want to put their fingers in the children's mouths a little bit um so i don't know why i'm putting my finger in my mouth whilst i'm talking to you um 
but try uh, maybe try those or there's also those wipes aren't there mouth wipes um there's a teether that oh what are they are they called brush baby yeah amandine's toothbrush is brush baby it's an electric toothbrush actually powered by a battery and she loves it so it might be that it's just something simple and novel that if it vibrates and it's got a bright light then maybe maybe they might like it a bit more um but they also do a teether which is it has like brush bits uh, on the end so you could always put a bit of toothpaste in there and just get them to bite down on the teether maybe um i don't know that could could help okay i think this is the last question um best thing for a for nappy rash for a 19 month old so i'm just going to open up my phone because i took a photo of these because there were so many um okay we use, I'll start with what we use, um, we rarely use it, but we do use the Neil's Yard Baby Barrier Cream, and there's also the other one, which is more like a yellowy type cream, the Baby Barrier Cream is more zinky, I think, and it's more of a cream cream, the other one is more of a, mm, um, waxy feel type, oily, cream essentially but it's not cream cream um okay you guys neil's yard yeah we like them too but panthen has been um recommended walida calendula nappy cream yes we've used that before it is brilliant um i've also used the green people's one before that's also really good um the modern the expert midwife even i don't know if you guys listened way way back oh. My, my watch is telling me to stand up. No, bedtime. Um, the, uh, yeah, my expert midwife now do a no harm nappy balm. I think that's what it's called. They branched out into a baby product. You know, I loved their tummy gel for when I was pregnant and they do their perineal oils and they do um, breast uh, or nipple cream as well for when you're breastfeeding. Um, but they also do one. Aquaphor also recommended Child's Farm or the Walida one in the yellow tube. Personally, Bepanthum uh, or Pseudocreme. Um, there were more. Metanium. Metanium. Um, I hope I'm saying that right. Another one for Walida Candela. Uh, Tamanu. Tamanu by Tropic. And I think that's all of them. Loads of you saying Neil's Yard. And no, loads of you saying Walida. They're the two that I know are natural. And obviously the Green People one or Organic Babies one. Um, green People and Organic Babies are the same people. Um, yeah, I have never used the My Expert Midwife one though. So you could give that one a try. I think that's the last question. Let me double check and just double check that there aren't have there aren't any more questions that have come through. Uh, no, and last one here. Um, oh, another one, another nappy. Oh no, that's the same one. Metanium, the yellow one. It's amazing. Uh, another comment. Walida rash goes away in a matter of hours. Um, so definitely hunt down these. Any more questions? Oh, we got some more responses on potty training two and a half year old boys. 
perseverance, somehow we now have a pee-pee in the potty and wait until they are ready. It's brilliant advice. And there we have it. All of your questions answered. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I really, really appreciate it. And thank you. I also just saw when I was checking on my phone just then, if anyone else had left any more questions, how many of you have been responding to the current um, little question box about why you guys are loving this series so much because you have you guys have been loving this series um so thank you so much for um all of your feedback i really really appreciate it and thank you to those of you who have left new reviews on the podcast um that's also awesome i really appreciate that too um if you haven't yet please 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 go and review the podcast um just do the star rating if you haven't got time or leave me a few words i love reading them um i would really appreciate it i think we're sitting at something like 4.8 stars or something um so it'd be really nice to be back up at the five star um the more the closer to five star we are or actually if we are five star then more people see us essentially and the more people listening is just um I know that I'm helping more and more and more mums by just sharing my experience which is all I ever wanted to do it's all I ever wanted to do here was just share my experience because when I was pregnant no one else was sharing their experience and I felt really alone and really lost. Um, and especially I think at this time of, um, COVID where, you know, so many of you are giving birth to your newborns and don't have that connection to be able to go out and have chats with mums that you might've met NCT or something or at baby groups. It's just not happening right now. So whatever I can do to, share experience and support and I am working on that I asked on an Instagram poll this week if anyone would be interested in a closed community for us where we could all connect all share obviously we can't do live mum talk live events I'm really hoping that that's going to change really soon and we'll be able to do some events <clears throat> but I only obviously want to do them when everyone's comfortable with meeting up but I think you know trying to run an event with like 40 or 50 mums and babies at a social distance, <laughs> social distance is impossible and not something that I want to do because it's all about connecting and I don't want to feel distanced from you guys. And um, so let's try and bring this together virtually and I'm working on it. I'm just trying to find a way of doing it where I can keep doing it. Um, so bear with me but if you're interested in that then please let me know drop me a message um when you're listening now or tag me in and just put a little yes i'm really interested in the closed community because it's great to hear who is and who isn't and if it's something that i should be putting my efforts into doing um to bring us all together anyway we have hit an hour we have hit an hour as per every week i don't know why i sometimes say oh they're 35 minutes <laughs> they're not really are they they're an hour um, I love you all for listening. Thank you so much. And I will check in with you guys for the last of this series um, next week. Send me your topics in DMs until I put the question box out or things you want me to talk about. And I will make sure that I do and I will get any of those questions answered for you. All right. Lots and lots of love. Have a lovely rest of your week and I will see you next week.